You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh, 16-year-old conservative commentator. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network, the Conservative Crusader podcast, every day, 11 a.m., wherever you get your podcasts, every weekday, Monday through Friday. GOPjosh.com, my Twitter page, Instagram, at GOPjosh20, Gab, Getter, Parlor, Telegram, Truth Social, all at GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in to my birthday edition of the Conservative Crusader. Today is my 16th birthday, so I'm no longer a 15-year-old conservative commentator. As previously stated, I am a 16-year-old conservative commentator. Feels weird, but I'm very excited, and I thank you all on social media for the birthday wishes. And we're going to hop right in to today's episode because we have a lot to get to. The January 6th committee enlists a former ABC News executive for their hearing, their televised primetime hearing this Thursday. And let's talk about that right now. The House January 6th committee has turned turned to a renowned former network news executive to hone a mountain of explosive material into a captivating multimedia presentation for a primetime hearing on Thursday. So this is a report from Axios. Uh, Mike Allen, the author of Axios AM, released this. James Goldston is the former president of ABC News. He was a master documentary storyteller who ran Good Morning America and Nightline. He has joined the committee as an unannounced advisor to prepare their Thursday 8 p.m. hearing for a blockbuster investigative special. Now, we've talked about this this sham of a committee for a while now. This January 6th committee acting like they're doing any important work because they're not. But we talked about them and how this is a whole political sham to try to keep January 6th in the mind of those Democratic Americans to get them out to vote. And we'll talk more about trying to get those Democratic Americans out to vote later. But the ones who are truly upset about January 6th, the ones who are pushing down, we need to get Trump out of office. We need to we need to post-pardonly impeach President Trump. Those people, right? That that's who were that that's who they're who, who is being fooled by the January 6th commission while they're doing their first public hearing, and it will be on a prime time 8 p.m. time slot on Thursday, probably to interrupt Tucker Carlson's show. But they will be doing that broadcast on the evening. But they hired a news executive. To make it even more successful, a former ABC executive has been hired to do the hearing, to be the person publicizing the hearing, to the person probably editing the hearing, because I'm sure it's all pre-recorded, just to make sure it's perfect to hurt President Trump, uh, and it just shows that they can't keep President Trump's name out of their mouth. They have nothing else to run on. There is nothing they can do. There's no policy they can pass. There's no executive order he can run on. There's nothing Biden can run on in 2024 
that would help him win against President Trump. And there's nothing that any Democrat can run on in 2022 to help them win against the generic Republican. It's just not the case because the popularity of the Democratic Party is 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 falling every day. We'll talk a little bit more about after this story about how Biden's agenda is hurting himself, just just blatantly hurting himself. But um, Goldston wants to draw the eyeballs of Americans who haven't followed the ins and out of the Capitol riot probe. So they're probably going to compile a bunch of video from every single hearing, every single investigation, every single subpoena that they've done to try to politicize it and make President Trump look bad. They can't win without making President Trump look bad. They have nothing to run on outside of President Trump, orange man bad. They have nothing to run on outside of, well, Trump was a good president and all, and all but, 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 but he hurt your feelings on Twitter. But uh, some of his supporters thought the, the election was stolen, and, and, and so you can't vote for him again, right? There is a, a fraction of surveillance footage from inside the Capitol have been shown. Uh, many of the committee's uh, depositions were videotaped. We will see clips. They have conducted more than 1,000 depositions and, and, and interviews with more scheduled, received 140,000 documents and following up on 700 and 472 tips from the online tip line to the committee. Um, two of the broadcast networks will interrupt evening programming for live coverage anchored by David Muir and CBS's Nora O'Donnell. NBC will announce their own plans soon. I'm sure we will see Fox News and um, CNN, MSNBC interrupting their programming for this hearing because it will be big news. Obviously, it'll be on C-SPAN as well. I won't be home for it. I, I won't be available to watch the 8 p.m. hearing, but I'll probably watch it before I go on air tomorrow or on Friday. Just, just to talk about it and just to laugh at it. And key members of Congress have already booked cable news interviews after the hearing, so it's going to be all politicized. It's going to be all in the news all the time. Because there's nothing else the left can run on. The left can't run on their policy. The left can't run on their economics. The left can't run on their gas prices. It's 509 in Ohio right now. There's nothing the left can run on outside of we hate Trump. And anything the left can run on besides the majority of Americans hate Trump. And that's not even true, but that's all they can run on. That's all they have. And so making this a prime time example making this a prime time hearing to make sure that it's as politicized as possible is the only way they have a chance in the midterms and they're not going to win anyway it's the only chance they have a is the only way they have a chance in 2024 to keep January 6th with the majority of Americans don't really care about keep that on your mind make sure that you remember hey 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 everyone remember when some Trump supporters went to the Capitol remember that Ignore the the six months of rioting in the streets over over BLM. Ignore everything like that, because uh, 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 the, the Trump the Trump protesters the Trump protesters are going to melt down. Oh no, the Trump protesters, the ultra MAGA protesters. I, I bet that said at least once in the hearing. But we are going to move on because we have a lot to get to today. Thirty seven percent of Americans approve Biden's handling of the economic recovery. And that is an important issue to 83% of Americans. And this is exactly what I was talking about last last article. 83% of Americans find economics important. 80, 83% of Americans find the rising cost of goods and services a, an important issue to them. And only 30%, 37% of Americans approve of Joe Biden's handling of that. And that that 20% of that could overlap. The, the 17% that supports uh 
President Biden in this and the rest of them could overlap. But for those that don't, 83% find it very important because if you can't afford to put gas in your car, you're not going to vote for the people who are in power. You know, if you can't afford to go to work, if you can't afford to do this or that, and you're not going to vote, you're not going to vote for the people responsible. Just like a lot of people aren't going to vote for Mike DeWine because of his gas tax. A lot of people aren't going to vote for Biden in 2024 because of his economics, and they're not going to vote for Democrats in these coming elections because they, they, they just can't afford to go anywhere, right? They can't afford to go to the polls. But according to an ABC News poll, more than 8 in 10 Americans now say the economy is either an extremely or very important issue in determining how they will vote. In the poll, 80% of Americans say that inflation is also an extremely or very important factor in how they will vote, and for gas prices, it is 74%. The only way, and I'm going to say it's a red wave, even though not every Republican is great, I'm going to say it's a red wave. The only way this red wave can die is if the GOP doesn't capitalize on it. If the GOP doesn't, and Ronna Romney doesn't take this, what she has, this party she has, the economy she has, the political climate she has, and pounce on that. And that's the only way we can't win. That's the only way we don't win is if, if Ronna Romney doesn't exercise what she has, because she has a lot. She has a lot of power. She has a lot of things to do. And she has a lot to work with. So we should be able to win this very easily. Republicans should take back the majority in the House and in the Senate. We're going to talk about what they're going to do after the break if they have that power. But first, Biden is set to appear on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, talking about the low poll numbers we mentioned before. Uh, Manchin wants to raise the age to 21 for gun purchases. We're going to laugh at that. He still won't pass the filibuster or eliminate the filibuster. A... AR-15 ban supporting Republican will not be running for re-election, and we have some news around Ohio as well. Because the Ohio Republicans passed a bill to ban transgender girls in female sports, or men in women's sports. And there's an amendment proposed by the Ohio Democrats to try to get it on the ballot in November, to try to capitalize on the Roe v. Wade news and get their pro-choice voters out to vote. Not that a majority of the Ohio voters are pro-choice, it would be a constitutional amendment. We will talk about that when we return here on the Conservative Crusader. But first, let's just hop right into the Jimmy Kimmel story. Biden will be appearing on the Wednesday Jimmy Kimmel show as he reportedly laments from his sinking poll numbers. His first network interview in 100 days. Jimmy Kimmel put on Twitter, our first elected president, Joe Biden, visits Jimmy Kimmel live on Wednesday night. No malarkey, 11.35 p.m. on ABC. The appearance comes as Biden is allegedly angry about his disastrous poll numbers, Politico reported. Only 39% of adults approve of Biden's job performance, according to an Associated Press poll. Meanwhile, a recent CBS poll found that 69% of those polls thought the economy was bad, while 65% said Biden was slow to react. He's slow in everything. No wonder he was slow to react. But we do see that he is failing at his job. He is failing at what he's trying to do, and he is failing as president, and he will do whatever he can to boost his poll numbers as he is trying with Jimmy Kimmel Live. Five White House officials and Democrats close to the administration told Politico the White House is trying to smooth out Biden's anger over his poll numbers. 
Biden is reportedly angered that his numbers are worse than those of former President Donald Trump, who's Biden refers to in private as the worst president in history. In history? I'll dispute that any day, but, but I digress. He's doing whatever he can to boost his poll numbers, to help him out, because he needs a lot of help. He needs a lot of help, folks. Gas prices are skyrocketing. Like I said, it was five oh nine yesterday in in Ohio. I put that on Twitter in Central Ohio. Five dollars and nine cents a gallon. No one can can reasonably look at that. Can can look at the gas prices. Can look at the policy of Biden and say, you know, you know, I I, I think I want to vote for this guy again. I think I support this guy's job policy. I think I support what this guy's doing. I think I support the party he's in. You just you can't reasonably do that. No no reasonable voter can do that. So we will be following that. We will probably have some clips from that, from that hearing, or not that hearing, I'm sorry, that that appearance tomorrow night here on the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after the break here on the Red Future Radio Network. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. We have Joe Manchin on the record saying he wants to raise the age to 21 to purchase a firearm. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But first, forgot to mention this in the first segment. We now have a voicemail call-in number. If you want to leave a voicemail for me for the program here on the Conservative Crusader, you can do that very easily here on the Red Feature Radio Network. Go to your phone right now and dial 57-GOP-JOSH-7. That is 574-675-6747. That is 57-GOP-JOSH-7 to leave a voicemail for me. Or you can text that number as well and send a text directly to me. We will play your clips on the show, your voicemails on the show, or your... I will read off your texts on the show as well. That's a lot easier than the uh, the previous way of doing call-ins through Anchor because it was just you had to make an account. It was a long process. This is just dial dial the number. It'll bring out my voice, and you'll be able to make your voice heard here on The Conservative Crusader. That is 57-GOP-JOSH-7, 57-GOP-JOSH-7. So Joe Manchin, he is the moderate Democrat from West Virginia. Somehow they elected a Democrat in West Virginia. He supported on Monday raising the age to 21 for purchasing semi-automatic weapons and questioned why individuals need to own a high-powered AR-15-style weapon, putting him at odds with Republicans who are resisting imposing any restrictions on access to firearms. I never thought I'd need that type. I never thought I had a need for that type of high-capacity automatic weapon, Manchin told CNN on Monday. I like to shoot. I like to go out and hunt. I like to go out sports shooting. I do all of that, but I never thought that i need something of that magnitude. So, so my problem is the the age of twenty one, right? Raising the age of twenty one to purchase a firearm in the in the country, and if you're going to raise the age to twenty one, raise the age of twenty one to serve in the military. Raise the age of twenty one to to be put into the draft. Because if you, if you're not eligible to own your own firearm when you're when you're eighteen, why can you operate the government's firearms when you're eighteen? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's, the, the logic behind it is, is lacking. You know, 18-year-olds who want to go and, and risk their lives for our country have every right to own a firearm outside of the military. 
just like anyone who doesn't go out and serve in the military, has any right to own a firearm outside. I mean, they're, they're an adult. And a lot of the restrictions on firearms I don't agree with, but but this is one especially. If you're not eligible to own your own firearm at the age of 18, how can you be eligible to operate the government's firearms at the age of 18? There's There's no cohesive reasoning behind this. Either you can operate your own firearms and the government's firearms, or you can only operate the government's. And it's the same thing with trying to take away ownership of everything. If you can only operate the firearms the government gives you at 18, then everyone's going to go into the military and operate those firearms. But Manchin said he doesn't see a need for AR-15-style weapons. I don't think that's his job to decide. I don't know who put Joe Manchin in charge of deciding what kind of guns people can own, but that's what the government's trying to do. And it really is all in, all in Joe Manchin's hands. If he decides he, he wants to support abolishing the filibuster, he can talk to his friend Kirsten Cinema in Arizona, and they will abolish the filibuster to pass this legislation to ban AR-15s, to ban the purchase of firearm before 21. And that's their goal. And, and who knows, maybe even Mitch McConnell will, will cave on this issue, issue and will give him his, his 60 votes, give Chuck Schumer his 60 votes to pass whatever Chuck Schumer wants to pass. He, um, Manchin said it depends on what on what they, how they would approach it. I'm open to anything that makes gun sense. The comments from the Senate's most conservative Democrat who hails from a state with a strong gun culture uh, show, shows growing Democratic support for imposing new, pardon me, for imposing tough new gun laws as senators try to see whether they can be any compromise with Republicans to deal with the episode of gun violence ravaging communities nationwide. After this, we, we can ban knives, because knives kill people, not, not, not the actual people, but, and guns don't kill people, but, but or guns kill people, the people don't. They, they pull their own trigger, apparently, because that can happen. But there was a Republican who actually agreed with Joe Manchin and the Democratic majority on this issue. His name was Chris Jacobs, or his name is Chris Jacobs. A week ago, he said he supported banning AR-15s. Today, he is not running for re-election. Just one week after announcing he would support banning AR-15s and other assault weapons, Republican New York Representative Chris Jacobs announced that he will not run for re-election. He is a first-term congressman who is not running for re-election. Jacobs, a first-term congressman, said May 27th that he would vote for an assault weapons ban bill that would ban something like an AR-15. His promise was widely criticized by conservatives, including Donald Trump Jr., Several New York elected officials publicly considered challenging him in a primary, while others noted that assault weapon is not a category of firearm and that the AR-15 is one of the most sporting rifles on one of the most sporting rifles on the market. Uh, he said, "I could truly believe I could win this election, but it would be an incredibly divisive election for both the Republican Party and the 23rd district, many of whom I have not represented. The last thing we need is an incredibly negative, half-truth-filled media attack funded by millions of dollars of special interest money coming into our community." around the issue of guns and gun violence and gun control. So basically, I said something I, I don't actually stand by because I'm going to um, get primaried for it. And to avoid the primary, to avoid my name being plastered with negative ads, I, I might want to run for office again someday. So, so we're just going to bury that under the rug, and I'm going to go home to my whatever he did before he ran for office. He currently represents the 27th district, but he would move to the 23rd district as a result of redistricting. Jacobs is the 48th member of the House of Representatives to decline to, to, decline to run for re-election in November and the 17th Republican. 
Nine other members have resigned before finishing out their terms, including two Democrats of New York's delegation, Tom Reed and Democrat Antonio Delegano. So, so here's this, this Republican, this rhino, who was endorsed by the NRA, who, who came out and said that, that he wants to ban AR-15s. He would support banning a, a type of firearm, not, not the assault rifle 15, but the Armalite rifle 15. And he's he's not going to run for election again. And this is something we see a lot is people say what they mean. When they tell you who they are, you should believe them. And they, they decide to to go and hide away. They, they do what they can. They run away. And, and they just don't run for office again. And it's honestly a shame. It's a shame that that we can't see him get destroyed in a primary like Madison Cawthorn lost. It's a shame we can't see him get destroyed and lose in all these attack ads. It's a shame. It truly is. But he has an aspire, an aspiration for a political career after this time, after his time in the in the Congress. So hopefully he'll he'll, he'll run again and we can see these negative ads anyway because that would be very interesting and I cannot wait for those. But we have to talk about the Republicans' goals after the midterms, just, just ramming through whatever they can even without the Senate support. House Democrats spent former President Donald Trump's final years in office passing bills that withered in the Senate but shaped the party's presidential campaign agenda. Uh, and, and as 2024 approaches, their GOP colleagues are poised to follow the same model. Republicans gearing up for a House takeover this fall are privately crafting legislative goals for next year that would almost certainly fall prey to the Senate filibuster and not become law regardless of which party controls the upper chamber. The House GOP wants to pass bills to revive the Keystone Pipeline, finish the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border, and establish a parental bill of rights to capitalize on COVID-19-era frustration with education, according to interviews with more than half a dozen Republican lawmakers. If the case doesn't get you to 60 votes in the Senate, it at least gets you to a point where hopefully you are winning the argument the next time you walk into the next presidential election, said Representative Kelly Armstrong, who was critical of Democrats' similar strategy during the Trump administration. House Democrats took took power in 2019 with no power, Beyond their chamber, but with big plans to show voters what they tackled if they took full control of Congress in the White House in 2021. Now the GOP sees the same opportunity. And I see this as a, a sort of Newt Gingrich era contract with America. You know, if you give us this power, if you give us what, what we need to pass this legislation, we will pass this legislation and we will do what you want us to do. And I fully support it. And I can't wait to see what they pass because they do need to pass a bunch of legislation to to, to, to bring back our country from, from the brink. I mean, Biden is destroying our country every day. The, the Democratic majority is destroying our country every day. And I cannot wait to see what they pass. But we do have to head out and do the last segment here really quickly. I'm not even going to go to break. I'm just going to play the next song, play, play the intro music. And we're going to do the next segment right now. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader and House Republicans in Ohio for our Ohio segment use backdoor path to ban to pass a ban on transgender women in female sports to, to pass a ban of, of men in women's sports. House Republicans passed a bill late Wednesday that would prohibit transgender girls from joining female sports teams in high school and college. This was last week, but I just saw it earlier today. It was updated today. That's why. 
Joining female sports teams in high school and college, shoving the proposal into an unrelated bill before taking off for summer break. Wednesday's votes, which came on the first day of Pride Month, marked the second time Republicans sought a backdoor path for the controversial measure. The House initially added it to a bill that would allow college students to profit off their name, image, and likeness, a move criticized by Governor Mike DeWine when it passed last year. This time, lawmakers attach it to legislation that provides resources and mentorship opportunities for new teachers in a 56-28 party-line vote. The proposal would require transgender female athletes to join male or co-ed teams. If a student's biological sex is called into question, they must get a signed statement from a doctor verifying it. Schools that knowingly violate these rules could face lawsuits. And, and it's about time the Republican majority does something good. It's about time our majority stands for something, and this majority stands for something, and I applaud this. Finally passing this legislation. If they can do something like this in Florida, if they can do this in a in a Republican simple majority state, we can do it in our super majority state as well. And I just wanted to take this time to applaud the Ohio Republicans. And we do know that the Democratic Party, the left, is going to try to capitalize as much as they can on Roe v. Wade. We know this, you know this, I know this. But they've passed an amendment, or they're, they're, they're proposed an amendment, I'm sorry, to the Constitution of Ohio that would go on the ballot in November for reproductive freedom. <laughs> a second constitutional amendment introduced in Ohio to protect reproductive choice in the state likely will not be on the ballot for November because it would need to make it through a Republican supermajority first. The constitutional, amend- constitutional amendment was proposed by House Minority Whip Jessica Miranda from Forest Park and Sist- Senate Assistant Minority Leader Nikki Antonio D. Lakewood. I didn't know they had assistant minority leaders. I, I guess when they have like six re- Democrats, they can have they can all make up their own roles and seeks to guarantee the right to reproductive freedom including including prenatal care childbirth postpartum care contraception sterilization abortion care miscarriage management and infertility care basically repealing the heartbeat bill passed if roe v wade is overturned and, and bringing it back to, to the voters to the amendment to the constitution because they know with with great power the power the republican majority has comes great responsibility and the only way they will ever be able to get this legislation passed is if it somehow makes it on the ballot. If it somehow makes it on the ballot. And I don't see it making it on the ballot by any any means. But that's their whole goal. And that's what's going on in the Ohio State House right now. That's about all there is to talk about in Ohio right now. It's been a pretty inactive couple days. But we will, buy, we will be back tomorrow with a brand new full 45-minute episode. We are taking in a little light today. It is my birthday and all. It is my birthday and all. <laughs> My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you follow me on social media. GOP Josh 20 is my Twitter and Instagram. At GOP Josh on Gabby Letter, Teller, Par- Teller Parlorgram is what I about to say. Uh, Parlor Telegram. Truth Social. I say it too fast and I just get all, all confused. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 